Hi friends, my name is Anya Lobert and you are on Annie's Pink Chair and I'm so excited friends to see you again. Last week, we had an awesome guest in the studio and we were talking about a subject that most people think is completely taboo in the church and even in just normal conversation. So today we're gonna continue our part two interview with Pastor Matt Olin. Matthew, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. And we left off on such a great cliffhanger. Not that it was great, but, you know, we <laughs> yeah. need answers, Pastor Matt. Mm. We need answers. And the reason why I say that is because, first of all, if anyone doesn't know this, you know, obviously you have a great story. We're in the middle of your story where your wife finds a bag of DVDs and what were on them? Porn. Porn okay. DVDs. Yeah. Her and her sister. And this was a start of a possible divorce, correct? Correct. And then we started talking about why does someone, because I asked you, did you throw those DVDs away? And what did you say? No, you, I did. Why Bro didn't you want to throw those DVDs away? Because it felt like I was saying goodbye to a dear friend. And your dear friend was what? Comfort. Yeah. Can you tell me and the audience, what does that entail? Like, what does comfort mean? And why was it something so hard to let go of? Well, and comfort's hard to let go of because we've been designed for comfort. Um, talked a little bit about that last week, that we were designed for paradise. That was plan A. Sin entered the world, and now we find ourselves in this place where we have brokenness, we have all of these issues, um, you talked about, you know, growing up and, and how anything from ranging from not being held as a baby to having certain standards expected of you, abuse, all of these things, all of these com things combined into the world affect us. And it doesn't change the fact that we are designed for comfort. So we seek comfort, but we seek comfort in all these different ways porn being one of those ways. And so people can come to it because they are trying to soothe a wound. And that wound could be, I didn't feel loved by, by my parents. I didn't feel valued. I couldn't trust people. Maybe my friends betrayed me at an early age. Um, I had too high expectations. I can't fulfill them. I feel guilty. I feel shame. All of these things. Well, porn or any addiction is the the lie of it is that they will soothe that wound right. that they will they will provide whatever it is you need yeah, comfort right. on um but that's the lie and we talked last week how it Every, anything outside of God that promises comfort is a lie because Scripture tells us that God is the God of all comfort, it, so it, He it has does. a monopoly. That's such an, that says that so many different times in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I do know is that that lack of identity causes so much misappropriated focus. So is porn one of those focuses? Because I know with me, I don't, I don't want to entangle my story with porn, but the reason why I wanted you to come on today, obviously, and to finish your story is because porn is a definite additive and an accelerator of trafficking. Mm -hmm. And if people understood that, the men or the women participating in porn, I don't know if they would continue to do it because what it does is it, it makes sexualization of any object, of a man or a woman or a child or a, with his terrible pedophilia porn, makes them an object to be desired 
and mm -hmm. used and tossed away like a coffee cup, mm -hmm. right? You're done with the coffee cup, yeah. now just throw it in the garbage. Yeah. And and I and I think that awareness one is is a is a huge win in the right direction because porn is all about fantasy. So whatever we can do to shatter that fantasy, to bring the truth of the situation, to get everyone to realize like no, this does feed human trafficking. These people aren't on there because they like it. When you actually start hearing some of their stories that they were abused, that mm -hmm. they felt like they deserved nothing better in life, they were desperate, they were just they looking, needed money, they needed money, whatever it was. And they won't then let them use condoms on the set. They Did you know that? Oh, they yeah. lie and say that they will, oh, yeah. but most most pornographic films yeah. do not have condoms that I've seen. I mean, I used to watch porn myself, so I'm guilty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But totally forgiven by Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to kind of go into, you know, you were letting go of a friend. So was there a grieving process with that? Oh yeah, there was, I mean, uh, I, I went through it. I know several other um, men and women that have described the same thing, like any other drug, you go through right. like a detox. Um, your your body shakes. You feel like you're trying to crawl out of your own skin. You just it feels like you're dying because you've been bound to this thing that was so real that was that was your support of comfort that was there for so many years and now it's gone. And let's mention what it does to your physical brain because it creates dopamine levels that are much higher, like an addict when an addict's getting mm -hmm. their drugs or alcoholics getting mm -hmm. their drugs or whatever addiction that we're having, even people that work out can create a higher level of dopamine yeah. in their brain. Well, because that's that's the problem. We blur, we blur between pleasure and comfort. The same reaction happens when we eat a piece of cake. If we like cake, our brain says, that was great. Can't well, we wait to do that cake. again. Don't bring we up cake. I'm not saying don't eat cake. I'm just saying like <laughs> this is the same reaction because it's about pleasure. Right. It's not about comfort. Sugar brings pleasure. That's, it does. The, that's, the, that's the lie is that this stuff brings comfort. It doesn't. It brings pleasure. But it also destroys long-term stuff. We have an epidemic right now where guys 18 years old are being advertised for to... Uh, seek medical attention for uh, erectile dysfunction. Why are 18-year-olds dealing with erectile dysfunction? Oh, it's because they're watching so much porn, they've become so des desensitized. That brings that they me can't on another one, interact. too. Like, there's another commercial of that and a, a, like a crooked dysfunction. And I don't know if is that from abuse of porn or abuse of self-masturbation. Yeah. Not to be nasty and bring yeah, up bad no, words, but... That's like, exactly is that, it. Does that wreck your body if you It wrecks do your that? body, but, it, but again, all of this information, because it's all out there, the science is out there, it is not difficult to find data on the damages uh, of porn to your brain, to your relationships, mm -hmm. and to society as a whole. There's no short supply of that. The problem is, though, knowing that something is bad isn't enough to get you to stop doing it. Right. You have to understand where the core of it, why are you seeking that comfort in the first place? What went wrong that you're trying to fill the hole with porn, alcohol, cake, whatever? You know, what is it that you're trying to soothe and why aren't you going to God for that comfort? Right. Uh, we talked about it last week, how we keep having the wrong conversations with God. If we talk to God about our addictions, mm -hmm. about our issues, about porn, it's God, help me to stop doing this. And that's sin management. Mm -hmm. And again, because of Jesus, our sins have been 
washed away. Yeah. God's like, I don't even know what you're talking he, about. I don't yeah. want to talk about that. He's not ashamed of us. He's not ashamed of it. He wants to talk about our pain because right. that's what he is. If he's got the monopoly on comfort, that's what he wants to do. He right. he wants to be our sense of comfort, you, you our know, source of comfort. It, it's so, it, it's so um, beautiful to know that Jesus is the comforter. Uh, one thing that I do know with my own personal life and then my many of my relatives, we come from a home of severe complex trauma, um, just so m much dysfunction from an alcoholic mm -hmm. father that it brought severe trauma into our lives as children. And did was this something in your life that caused this? Or did you have a dysfunctional childhood at all? No, uh, actually, my my childhood, I mean, other other than just simple stuff, expectations, um, grew up in, in a, a, a Catholic household. I mean, we all went oh. to church, and yeah. every everything was good. I had loving parents. There there were issues there, but I never suffered any abuse or anything like that. Uh, trauma and different things. But again, you know, that's that's the thing. The enemy does not need for there to be extreme trauma. When You're we right. see extreme trauma in a household, we're like, well, of course they ended up like that. Yeah. How else would you end up like that? But there are so many cases where people grew up in a normal household and all it takes is a dad missing a baseball game and the enemy takes that and he twists it and says your dad doesn't love you you're unlovable and then yeah. you live with that for the next 30 40 50 80 years yeah. feeling that and you don't know where it's happened you don't know where it's come come from but it all started in this one little area or that that's one little area that fed that mm -hmm. and so we need to constantly come back to Jesus to realize and remember and actually live out of our identity in him mm -hmm. which tells us that we're chosen we're redeemed we're holy and blameless we're forgiven we're adopted to reign we're sealed with the spirit like that's incredible that actually brings comfort that actually brings change because if i know that's who i am then I can start living out of that versus, well, I just, I got to keep sinning. I got to keep doing this. I have no control over this right. addiction. If that's what I believe, then I'm going to keep doing that. So how did you stop this? Like, how did you really get a handle on it? And of course, it probably wasn't a perfect transition. How did mm -hmm. you and your beautiful wife, Cricket, stay together? That that was again. That's all God, and it's it's interesting. You know, you say, well, let's let's talk about your story, and realistically, my story. Matt's story ends in addiction mm -hmm. and divorce right. and probably suicide. Right. That's where my story ends. So you wanted to commit suicide? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me about that moment? Yeah. I, uh, when, uh, you know, dove back into porn and just, I just buried myself in it for a, over a decade and got caught again because you do. Because and what you, was you it this time? The same thing, porn. Uh, it was on porn on my phone this on time. Phone. It wasn't DVD. Did she have your passcode? No, I don't think I had a passcode. I don't, okay. I don't know if I thought that through or if it mattered or doesn't. doesn't Maybe you wanted matter. to get caught. Probably part of <laughs> like, me did. Like a, there was without a thinking. There was a relief um, at the end, like oh, thank God, I don't have to keep this a secret anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was destructive, um, but again, it was. And this time, it was the realization of oh, you didn't re lie to me for a little bit. You've lied to me for the past ten years. So ten years? It was a decade. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So you've lied to me for ten years. I don't even know who you are. The word cricket used with me was imposter. You're an imposter. Wow. That's exactly what I felt. That was probably the did, most accurate term ever. Did she, you know, 
like you guys have obviously probably talked that through. Like, was that something that was the best thing she could think of at the time to say to you? That was probably the nicest thing she probably. <laughs> uh, but that was the most accurate thing. That yeah. was the the most accurate thing she could have well, said. Well, because it's not your authentic self. I mean, it's not who God designed you to be. So it is kind of an imposter. Well, but it, it it is, and well, and it was from the opposite side. She thought she was married to this this guy that was this way, that worked this hard and loved his family. Made a good money, and, was really smart, and and there were certain things that were true in that. But there was so much like, oh no, there's this whole underbelly that I've that I've kept hidden. So I was an imposter. Wow. Um, and what about your kids? Uh, kids, my daughter was uh, just about two years old at the time. My son was nine. Did he know anything? Uh, he didn't, although after that, as we were having these discussions and working on things, trying to figure out how do we, how do we divorce and have it not utterly devastate our children, exactly. but we're having these conversations. Because then that can create the same cycle again. Oh, yeah. And, Unworthiness. And, and of course, we don't want that. You know, no identity. Why my parents got divorced because they don't love me. It's my fault. My dad loved porn more than me, yeah. which, to be very honest, I did. Yeah. Um, but not the real kind of love, though. Like it was no. the, not the fatherly love. No, like, it's just the the seeking the comfort. Addiction. Realistically, yeah. I loved myself. Yeah. I loved myself more than my kids. How did you get after the ten years? Like, were you, did you guys finally come to this place where you were like, okay, Matt, you're going to get help? Or else I'm taking the kids and I'm walking out. Oh, no. There, she was, I'm, I'm walking. This okay. is over. I don't care if you get help or not. I hope you get help for yourself, but we're done. And so, so she packed her things? No, we, we, we did not. Luck, blessing in disguise. We did not have the luxury of, of being able yeah. to split like Affording. that. Affording, yeah. But I remember going out that evening, and it was late at night, it was midnight or something, and I went out oh. to, the, to the curb and praying to God, Lord, just kill me. Wow. I clearly don't deserve this life. Yeah. I've just ruined it. See? Again, just kill me. I remember feeling I wanted to just melt into a puddle and just yeah. go down the just, drain. Yeah. Wow. That's really, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I and, didn't think I was going to cry on this one. <laughs> that's really low. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> How did you come out of that? Like, that's heavy. Well, again, thank God, thank God that that He is so relentless that He is a God of redemption that He will stop at nothing uh, to to <laughs> for His story for His glory to be shown. And so that's the great thing is that this isn't a story about me. This is God's story, because at that point when I'm feeling this and feeling like God just kill me, right. Never had this feeling before or, or even again, and I don't know that I need it, but it felt as if a giant hand had just grabbed me from behind, like the, grabbed my spine and straightened me out. And I could hear the Lord say, that's not my plan. That's <laughs> not what I had for you. And the next day I looked up help, went to a 12-step group and did... Which uh, probably helped you, right? I it mean, was It was incredible. I, I, I love, I think it's great. And... Where was Cricket at this time? Did she did she, she, was, she was spend still, that on the couch or did she go to a hotel? I spent the night on the couch. She stayed upstairs. That <laughs> she, happened. You were in the doghouse, basically. I was in the doghouse. <laughs> we lived like that for for a good while, and and of course that got noticed by my son, and yeah, he had like, asked happened? questions. Yeah, and we were very open and honest with him. Yeah. Um, uh, we worked through it. Uh, we started talking to people. We started reading books. We started learning more and more. Uh, 
the more and more I went to 12-step groups and started getting more, the, the better I was getting. At some point, I don't remember how long, how long along the process it was, but Cricket started to see like, okay, wait a minute. Like, divorce was still on the table, but it was maybe, maybe this is worth fighting for. Maybe yeah. there's a glimmer of hope. Um, she started seeing a change in you? She started to see a change. She started to see something worth fighting for. Were you guys going to church still? We still went to church. Um, Were you consulting with your pastors at all? We we talked with pastors. Uh, there's still a lot of shame there. Um, only had there, there was a lot of like, oh, we don't want everyone to know. Right. Let's just keep this amongst ourselves. But we talked to people. We talked to um, other couples from the twelve step groups, and I had a really good uh, sponsor. And so you know that was tremendous. Uh, it wasn't until really got involved in the church we were, we're at now that I, I'm very blessed to be part of, but started working with, with them. And then we went through this retreat uh, that men went on one weekend, women went on another. That's the Anthem Church. It's Anthem and Community, the Community Church. Anthem Community Church. We did uh, a good friend of mine. Actually, you've had him on your show, Carter Featherston. Yes. Um, great guy. He did a phenomenal guy. He came out connected with him and we did this retreat with mm -hmm. him and it was there that all of the talk and and 12 step groups are fantastic and i strongly encourage you go seek it's, out a, it, it's a it's a step it is right. it is an awesome step in the right direction it only goes so far right. because again it's about like how can we get control of our behaviors how can we stay strong how can we help each other yeah. how can our iron sharpen iron that's all great but again, it has to get back to the true core yeah, of it. The solution. My, the solution of Jesus wants to heal my pain. He doesn't want to talk about my sin. Right. He's That's done with. That's right. finished. Let Jesus heal your pain. Right. That's where the true, not recovery, yes. life, abundant yeah. life comes from. That's where we got to go. Do you remember a light bulb moment where it just snapped and clicked and it was like all of a sudden the colors changed? It's like you woke up with a different outlook, like the sun shine looked different. Maybe the everything just changed all of a sudden or was it a gradual uh, type of revealing you from know, Christ? After, after that, it was a gradual process. Um and certainly a lot of kicking and screaming. Like I said, there's a, you know, it's a detox pro process of, well, I know the truth and I know that this is a lie and I know this is bad for me, but there's still part of me that wants to gravitate to this because it's just, it's habit. Yeah. Um, so still seeking Christ out in all of that and continually, like, wait a minute, that's a lie. You're the truth. Help me to remember yes. that. Help me to live out of that. Uh, and these bodies are so temporary, by the way. It's so temporary. And, and <laughs> we don't have to have sex in heaven, so why are we looking at porn? Like, we're not going to be watching porn in heaven. I imagine like, we're, not. We're not going to have no <laughs> desires like that. Like, Shouldn't. We're going to be We're gonna be exactly what we've been designed to be, yes. to be in complete union exactly. with the Father. Unity and oneness with the Father. All of us together. Mm -hmm. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the, the false thing that we fall into is like, oh, that sounds great for later. So if I behave really good now, maybe I'll get to see that. And God's like, I want that for you now. Yeah. I want my spirit to be alive in you now. I want you to live out the fruit of the spirit now. And that's what's possible. So can you tell me, uh, you know, you got, you know, how long do you think 
the years of recovery? Was it a couple years of walking out the recovery or? I had been in recovery for about four years before going on that retreat with, with Carter. I think that was a huge leap that filled in a lot of holes yeah. and a lot of gaps where things started to click. Yeah. The lights in the house turned on. That, you could see that the dark started parts. The, the, the real work, the mm-hmm. real healing, the real progress, the real recovery um, started then, not just for me, for, for cricket. And it changed everything. And for her too, yeah. because she had to heal from the betrayal. Oh yeah. Cause the women feel betrayed. We feel, um, see, I can't say this about my husband, but my husband, um, he has been through another relationship before that really hurt him. But, um, I've been in other relationships where it is a huge betrayal and, uh, the trust and I'm not good enough. Like did cricket feel like she wasn't good enough? She felt like she wasn't good enough. She felt like, well, what, what hope do I have of ever filling? I mean, should I color my hair different? Should I wear eyelashes? Should I lose weight? Should I try to dress sexy? I mean, what am I not doing for my husband where he's going to that? Yeah. But again, that comes that again, the same source of my healing is the same source of her for her healing as well as realizing Matt doesn't dictate her value. Matt doesn't exactly. dictate how worthy she is that's, or how worth good. she is. Um, and so it's the same thing with me. And when we can both live out of that, and we're not living for each other or for each other's approval or, or to, to satisfy each other because God's the one doing that, yeah. then we can live more fully towards each other, right. more peaceful, because we're not dependent. My peace is not dependent on whether or not Cricket's happy. Cricket's peace is not dependent on whether or not Matt's sober or not. I have a good question. It definitely wrecks, (laughs) shakes things. I want to know, do you think your relationship is stronger because this has happened? Oh, yes. Um, Do you love her deeper than you ever have before? Oh, I, I, in in ways I didn't even know were possible, to be honest. I didn't even know that marriage could be like this. She's your best friend. She's my best friend. She's my my dearest confidant um, in, in ways I never thought possible. And I've heard other guys share that too. Guys who, who really try to reconcile their marriages have said, oh my gosh, this, this addiction and getting yeah. caught, this has actually saved my marriage. We probably would have gotten divorced for completely opposite reasons had I not figured this out and got healed. Because that's really it. Porn is such a small problem in re- in reality. Yeah. There's a bigger issue at the core. Yeah. And when we can find the healing for that, we can live and love each other to degrees that we never thought possible. You know, I know right now there's men and even women out there struggling and they're watching this and listening to the podcast and they're thinking, well, sure, you know, Pastor Matt, because you're a pastor now. Was it wasn't at the time, <laughs> that's for sure. And what what a what an awesome example of Christ's transformation from a worm to a butterfly. Not that it's foo-foo for a guy to be a butterfly, but you get, <laughs> get how about it. I say this? I get it. From a chicklet to an eagle. There you right? go. Right? Is that, that a better that's, analogy? That's beautiful. I love it. Eagles. <laughs> um, <right>. So <laughs> what could you say to this camera over here, to that person that feels like they there's no hope and they feel like it's the end. Can you give them some hope and pray for them? Yeah, uh, quite quite simply, you are not alone. Um, you may feel like you're the only one. There are thousands and there are more people than you realize. People around you, uh, 
that that are dealing with this and are struggling with this. And I really want to encourage you. The, the temptation is to fix what you think is the immediate problem, uh, whatever the issue is. If it's porn, if it's alcohol, whatever it is, that is not your problem. Uh, that is not the solution. God does not want to talk to you about sin management. He wants to talk to you about healing your pain. Have yeah. those conversations. Find the source when, you, when you're feeling triggered, when you're feeling the need to act out in any of these degrees. Ask God to reveal, why is it? What am I trying to seek comfort in? And Lord, help me to remember that you yeah. are the God of all comfort. May I seek your comfort. So I, I pray that you find peace. I pray that you have the courage to seek God out and understand God is not disappointed in you. He does not hate you. He desperately, desperately yes. wants to talk to you about your yes. pain. Let him do that and see what unfolds and get to experience that abundant life that Christ promises. Thank you so much, Pastor Matt. I have one thing left to share with the audience. Where? Because there might be people that are so afraid to talk to their own pastors or their friends or whoever. Can someone get a hold of you if they need to confess to you and you could pray them through whatever they're going through? Absolutely. What is a way they can contact you? Uh, an easy, best way to contact me is uh, via my email, matt, M-A-T-T, at ouracc.org. That's O-U-R-A-C-C dot O-R-G. Um, email me that. I would, I love to have coffee. Uh, I love to discuss stuff like this. Um, Maybe and, even over Zoom. Even even over Zoom. Because this is national. Yes, so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, if you got to do a Zoom call, an online call, I would be happy to do that. This is... Uh, something that I was afraid to talk to anyone about now is probably my favorite topic of conversation. <laughs> this is great. I, I just want to thank you so much for your heart and for your courage and bravery to come on today. And everyone, I just want to thank you for joining us in Annie's Pink Chair. And just like Pastor Matt said, God loves you. He's not mad at you. You need help. Pray. And also, you can contact Matt reach out to him. He's open to conversation to help guide you in the right direction. Find resources in your area if you're not in Las Vegas. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. God bless you. And see you next time on Annie's Pink Chair. Hi, dear friends, Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims. And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House, where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. And this is not free. 
but the girls, the clients we have never get charged, but it's not free for us to operate it. We have staff, 24 seven staff. We have trauma therapy, equine therapy. The ladies eat great big meals at the tables together. They go to trauma counseling. They have group therapy counseling. They go to addiction classes. They end up signing up for a vocation college, and then they end up getting their job before they leave our program. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.